This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. episode three of the practice of learning teams on today's show we are joined by dr todd conklin the godfather of learning teams todd will continue the conversation about the past present and the future of learning teams at the end of today's episode i'll then be joined by my fellow colleagues glennis mccarthy and brent robinson where we as a group will reflect on todd's discussion please join me and part to this podcast where Todd and I discussed the future of learning teams and getting sidetracked about airports and travel. So what do you see as what do you see as the future of learning teams? So I'm encouraged. Uh, it's funny. That's a great question, actually. I think they're going to become. So I think they're going to become really super normal as a response mechanism for organizations, which is great. I also think it's going to be seen as a legitimate problem solving tool and what's going to happen is more and more smart people are going to do you know empirical based research and look at the phenomena and it'll be interesting to see what the data shows but i actually i, I hope someday it's a major alternative if not a complete replacement to our very very awful linear and traditional investigation protocols and I think we'll, I kind of think we'll get there. I mean, I, I think it may happen. It, because the information you gain from a learning team codes really nicely. You can put it in any format. You can track it if you need to. It's just missing things like uh, blame and root cause. And I think those terms are somewhat antiquated. I, I'm not sure how important they are anymore. What do you think? What's your, what's your view of the future? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, learning teams need to be justified by academics or by science. But it's nice if they are, right? I mean, it's, I think it'd be fun well, to have that data. Because, I mean, at the end of the day... I don't see, it, um, I don't see the justification. Maybe we come at it from a different place. I think they're going to look at its efficacy in, yeah. a, in, a, in a logical and using the scientific method, sort of a Francis Bacon approach to looking at learning team efficacy. And, I, I, and I'm quite certain what they're going to find because we have so much data around the effectiveness of a learning team. So that's, that's not hard data to get. Yeah, but I think the problem here, Todd, is a lot of the focus they place on that is around from an organizational perspective. And one of, one of the things that I see um, from a learning team is that, is that apart from what the organization learns from running a learning team and the fact what a worker learns, What's interesting for me, what a learning team does for a worker is it actually helps to build those critical thinking skills and reflection skills. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 they, got the and they own the answer. And, and that's a really good point because at some point you have to ask this question. So the big pushback is, well, how do we collect this at the enterprise level? How do we learn as an organization from a learning team that Fred does in the print shop, right? And I think one of the retorts to that question, which is a really good retort is, do we need to expand this to the enterprise level? If that team of people learns something valuable 
and become more resilient, more reliable, more productive, and operationally formal. I mean, they got better because of it. Isn't that enough? I would agree. And I mean, what do you want? What do you want, greedy butt? I mean, do you want, I mean, and so then you start thinking, well, wow, a learning product, we've sort of believed traditionally that a learning product should be owned at the institutional level and we could use it for like a lessons learned program, which they're super, we suck at it, but they're super valuable, right? What we're now starting to learn and the learning teams have made us do this is that the learning, the, the group owns the problem and therefore the group needs to own the solution. The company has the problem, but they don't own the problem. So the company would benefit from the solution, but they don't necessarily need the solution. The solution helps the people who do the work. So I was just on one the other day where uh, this company, they, uh, they move heavy stuff around the production floor and they use these carts to move stuff. And it's, it's heavy. It's, I mean, it's more than, it's heavy stuff, right? And so these carts are really, really robust and they were built 20, 25 years ago, got big casters on the bottom and they're, they're basically racks, right? And they're having a problem because the procedure says you should never pull the cart. You should only push the cart. Mm-hmm. And the reason that procedure is written that way is if you pull the cart and it falls over, it will fall on you. And so it's a pretty good bet that they had a series of events somewhere in their history where people pulled those carts on top of themselves and got injured, maybe even seriously injured, maybe even somebody died. And so they wrote this rule, do not pull the cart. But they kept catching people pulling the cart all the time. I mean, they would catch them all the time, like all the time. So they put together a learning team, which is a really, this is a good topic for a learning team. So they, they, they got together a group of people that use those cards. And they said, what's up? How, you know, the rule's really clear. Don't pull them. How come we're pulling them? What should we learn? And they discovered really quickly that the cards are super hard to push because for the most part, you can't see the carts are really old and the wheels aren't very functional. You're way better off pulling the cart if you want to move the cart to where you want it to go because you can't really push the cart because it's impossible to push it. Well, so that's, I mean, that as crazy as this sounds, because when you say it out loud, it doesn't seem like, you know, like, well, duh, of course. That was a huge, 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 huge learning for that company. I mean, gigantic, like earth-shattering learning for the company. What, what got more interesting to me is that out of that discussion, they started talking about the fact that nobody really owns those carts. So nobody has those carts within their, their job description. And so nobody really does maintenance on the carts unless you just get so frustrated you're like you know i'm I'm just gonna take it and fix it but it's not my job because it was nobody's job to be in front of the carts and when they asked who owns the carts the answer they got back from management was the company owns the carts well so here's the answer to that if the answer is the company then that means nobody owns the carts if you can't say brent sutton is our cart coordinator right then you don't have a cart coordinator And what they fixed was really interesting. They ended up redesigning the cart. They ended up prototyping or tri-storming or testing 
a whole new series of casters because wheels have really changed in 25 years a lot. And they actually put the carts ownership into the line of some authority. And amazingly enough, when I touched back with these guys, pretty much the cart problem has gone completely away. I mean, just completely away. What is amazing even beyond that was how stunned management was at that process. I mean, just blown away, kind of like, wow, that was amazing. When in reality, Brent, I wouldn't suggest any of that's terribly amazing. It's just a better way to solve the problem. You're not going to discipline people into pushing a cart they can't push because you can't push it, but you can sure learn your way into developing a better cart, getting better casters, and having somebody who actually, at the end of the day, inspects all those carts and fix the welds that broke and puts new casters on the third wheel and, you know, makes things better. And that's really sustainable. I mean, that's a really good solution. It's not terribly earth shattering, but they'd never thought of it. In fact, what they'd done is try to discipline the behavior to do a job that you can't do, as opposed to understanding the context, which is way more interesting. Which is rather ironic because if you see organizations, say, for instance, that have been using lean for 20, 30, 40 years, they would say that uh, 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 learning, self improving, and self direction of a team where the organization supports the team and that self-learning and self-direction and self-improving is normal. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. If, if left unencumbered, it is normal. The problem is, is we encumber it. Is that a word, encumber? Yeah, well, we, 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 we use these things called interventions. Oh, that's your fancy college boy words. Yeah, well, I don't know any worker who, who says, I'm really looking forward to today's intervention. <laughs> I want to go to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. I really look forward to going to the proctologist. Yeah, yes. no one said those words. I, w- I went and had my first COVID-19 test last week, um, not, not because of any sim- symptoms, but my, my daughter was at a school where they'd had two cases and they found it prudent for everyone to be tested. And I said, I can't ask my daughter to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Fair enough. You know, I, I was told it's like someone just simply giving your brain a tickle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. That, that's the claim. That's the claim. And, and sadly, um, you know, whatever they did to me for whatever time they did it, because they said it would only be for 10 seconds, but it felt like 10 hours. <laughs> I would give away every secret I ever had. <laughs> you're too funny well good luck man on the on the new venture i'm really pleased i i think you're going to be great oh look thank you and, and look at the at the end of the day um the, the the focus for us is about building better community and it's about taking uh your fine work about bouncing forward um uh, you know for, from our perspective uh this whole notion of weaponization is really important yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you watch, they will get weaponized. Well, they, 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 they will. They'll also get formalized in companies. You know, the oh, next thing you know, they'll, oh, you'll, have to, yeah. you'll have to take training be, to be a learning team facilitator. And that's, I think that's dumb, but. No, we've already been asked, where, where are the learning team sticky notes? Yeah, exactly. You're just like, 
yeah, the same sticky notes if you want to use a sticky note. One of the best learning teams I did was with an organization that I do a lot of work with where we did it on the hood of a white truck with a dry erase marker. Wow. And then just took pictures of the hood and then erased it with an old shirt. And uh, it was a great, it was a great way to do the information. It worked well. Yeah, but no, you're right. I mean, people, you know, they, you get, you used that word control before. Um, people like to have a tool kit or a tool bag with them. Right. Because they, they desperately want structure because yeah. they get the idea that this is informal and ad hoc is really uncomfortable to people, but that's kind of how learning happens. It's, it's always informal and ad hoc and you don't know when you're going to learn. It just happens. It yeah. Just I mean, kinda, just the other day someone said, um, you know, um, can I come in and, and put my tape recorder in the center of the table and record the learning team? And, and I said, no. I don't know. I mean, I don't, can't imagine what value they'd have. Well, because that's, you have how, to listen to that's it. how that person did investigations. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I understand why they want to do it. Yeah. So I said, um, how does the group feel about your tape recorder? Did they love your tape recorder when they did an investigation? No, they hated it because it was used against them. So yeah, I mean, why, why yeah. would you want to use it against them now? I haven't done that crap in so long. I've forgotten about all. I forgot about witness statements and sign statements. I don't do any of that. I've never done any of that. Oh, uh, look, look, I, I had someone say, um, where was the register where they signed that they participated in the learning team? I said, what was the value in the signature? I'm not, I'm not too sure what the signature does. Does it make the improvements um, look better in that way? Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's, but as you know, we are in this period of uh, transition and change is difficult for people. Yeah. That's never going to change. I mean, people, people fear change more than they desire improvement. Yeah. And so, and what the, what the COVID has done and all the crises around it is it's forced, uh, you don't really, you don't get a chance to fear the change. The change happened and it happened without us and it's forced organizations to be smarter. Very smart. Todd, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Always appreciate it. And, and of course, um, uh, looking forward to uh, coming on a uh, Learning Teams Roadshow uh, in a city near you in 2022? Three. Four, five, six? Three. I bet three. Tw- 2023. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever travel again like we did. It'll be interesting. Who knows? Well, I've been interested to see what happens at the airports. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hope they get better. That's what oh, I, 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 I do. Miss I want the airlines to get better. I, I have to say, just despite the fact that when you do travel, it's painful. But sometimes you actually miss the pain. I have not had that problem yet. <laughs> that is a problem I do not have yet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing a Wetzel's pretzel at some of those domestic terminals in the US. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We, don't, we don't get that sort of stuff. The stuff that you can take on your bag and it, and it sticks to everything while you're on the plane. See, that is true. See, so I'm so cheap that I never buy anything at the airport ever. Right. Ever. I mean, ever. Well, that's not true. 
there are some airports that have amazing stuff that I buy, but it's a really good deal. And I've done my research, you know, like in Chicago, I will get com- comic corn if I have time. That's a treat. Right. But it's really good comic corn. And Albuquerque, Albuquerque airport has the best. It's a dish called carne adobada. It is the best carne adobada I've ever had anywhere. And it's at the, it's at the dumb airport. Wow. And I've learned over time because the guy that worked there told me to do it. You order a side of carne adobada and a tortilla and cheese, and the whole thing costs a dollar sixty. Wow! At an airport, that's that's like a penny. I mean, that's nothing. It's, it's, it's nothing. But it's phenomenal. I do miss that. I actually, uh, what, what I don't, I, miss, I, I didn't miss it until you just said it. But I don't miss Wetzel's pretzels or. No, uh, well, well, um, uh, what I don't miss is TSA. And, right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, don't miss the opportunity of the uh, Tinder app with TSA where they decide if they're going to touch you up or not. Or, or I, I don't miss the way the airlines manipulate us. That's the one that is bothering me the most is, you know, you actually fly miles to keep your status up. That's just crazy. That's nuts. They've manipulated me. They were using me. <laughs> Context drives behavior, baby. You were the poster child. Kind of. I mean, to keep your status high, because there's so much benefit to having a high status, you did stupid crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think status only matters when you're flying internationally. Well, so, yeah, that's true. I, I always have the status for the international flights. Where it matters the most to me is in domestic airports, because you get to board first, you get in and out. Because boarding first is about getting off first. Yes. I mean, you know, you get, you get the best seat for exits and you you know you have your own line for fancy pants people and but now that it's gone away because i haven't flown since i really have not flown since i came back from your part of the world i i haven't flown since march wow at all wow and i like it you like it all right buddy perfect take care thank you thank you good luck with this bye bye It was a it was a really uh, good podcast, Brent. I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to listen to you and Todd and the conversation that went backwards and forwards between you two. What really resonated with me was um, Todd talking about his early experiences, you know, before the before learning teams, and you know where they had auditors and investigators coming together and your discussion around that. And how it moved on from that, and they, you know, with one of their incidents, and how where they went to um, just having a conversation about what happened, you know, with five or to seven people, and what a difference they got from it. I, th- I thought that was really powerful and really interesting to see that it was just that organic change in getting involved with the workers and moving forward. It was very cool, very cool. I agree with you, Brent. I think really what was of value from that uh, podcast listening to Todd was just about how traditional methods don't always yield the best results. And that really, if you want to get to the crux of the problem, you need to go back to source. You need to go and talk to the people that are actively involved. And by talking to them, by understanding things through multiple perspectives, you can gain a much more detailed understanding of the problem and start to work on problem solution. 
and that you know I think one of the lines that he talked about that you know traditional um, accident investigation methodologies are really linear and yet what we need is something that's much more nuanced yeah I, I, I think his point around um, some of those processes and the barriers they actually put up instead of and um, discovering the opportunities that lie there from actually having that deep conversation with the people that are actually doing the work. You know, it, it seems so simple, but we keep on using these tools that uh, stop that from really happening, that really open uh, discussion that we can have with the people doing the work. And we keep relying on them. I think sometimes those tools give us a false sense of security. You know, they, they set out a, a roadmap for us to follow. And mm. so at the end of it, hopefully we sort of uncover what it is that caused the situation in the first place. Um, but by following those in a rigid way, actually we lose all of the detail that took place. And we also learn all, we lose a lot of the ownership as to how people are doing work in an everyday sense. So, so why was it, why was there that variation on that particular occasion? what was going on. We don't learn enough from using those sort of traditional tools. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I think it's that top down approach that we sometimes take as leaders within organisations where, you know, I think we've got to, and Todd made this point during that uh, podcast, but we've really got to um, let the people that have the problem own the problem and own the solution. I think that's really, really powerful. We keep putting these tools and these techniques in place where it's a really around man's uncomfortableness around uncertainty and that's what we're trying to we're trying to get rid of uncertainty but really we've got to embrace that and say okay well how do we how do we build on that i think you know it was good that's great well thanks guys thanks for sharing your views and i'm going out tomorrow and i'm going to have a t-shirt printed which says that context is king thank you listeners for being part of this podcast We'd love to hear your learnings from today or other topics you would like us to support you on. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and be part of the community practice of learning teams at www.learningteamscommunity.com The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.